Hello and welcome to Trip Report. I'm your host Emma and this is episode one, where I take you through everything you need to do to book a holiday to Orlando. I wanted to do this episode as a kind of standalone episode at the beginning of my podcast, as Orlando is such a highly planned trip if you are visiting Disney and or Universal. There's so much to be done before you leave, so I've collated all the many hours of planning that I did for my trip into a Disney and Universal 101 episode. So the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to need to think about what time of year you're going to want to go. Now there's obviously a few different factors that go into this. It could be that you're taking children and you need to think about school holidays, things like that. There's obviously different weather depending on when you go. If you go in the summer holidays, of course, it's going to be super hot. So you need to take that into consideration. February and September times are generally said to be the lower crowd times for Orlando. But there's, of course, many different factors. So once you've figured out what time of year you're going, then you're going to need to think about how to book your holiday. Are you going to book with a travel agent like Virgin or TUI? There's obvious advantages to that. They can handle all the booking for you so you don't have to do it all separately. And if anything, any separate part would go wrong, of course, they can sort that all out uh, with a reputable agent. Or you can possibly get it cheaper if you book separately with either Disney or Universal if you're staying on site. um, Or you can book with Airbnb, etc. to get various deals. So you're also going to want to think about whether you want to stay on site or off site. And there's obvious perks for for both. If you're staying on site, that means you're staying in a Disney or a Universal resort. So if we look at the Disney resort, the perks to staying on site. So first of all, you get advanced bookings for your rides. Um, Fast passes basically are kind of passes that get you onto the rides quicker so you don't have to wait in standby. You still have to wait a little bit, but not as long as the standby lines. So if you're staying on site, you get these magic bands included and they you can put a credit card on there so that anything that you're buying during your stay, you can just tap your wristband on and it will all go on there. If you're staying on site, you're able to book your fast passes online via the app or via a browser up to 60 days in advance. Now, if you're staying off site in a villa or any other hotel other than Disney, you're going to get 30 days. So obviously, if you've got 60 days, you're going to be able to get the harder to get rides in advance, a bit easier. Other perks to staying on site, you've got uh, free transfers to and from the airport via a kind of bus coach service called Magical Express. This is all included for people that stay at Disney hotels. You've also got transportation around Disney. So you've got buses and monorails and skyliners and boats that go to and from the parks and the resorts. That's all included. So you don't have to get a car. You can, of course, but you don't have to. If you're staying on site in Disney Hotel, you are also going to be charged to park at the hotel. That's that's obviously a negative thing, but you, I believe you then get your parking included in the park, so you just have to pay for the hotel. 
at the moment in 2020, it varies depending on which tier hotel you stay in. So there's three tiers for Disney. You've got uh, value hotels, moderate hotels and deluxe hotels. And they're all really fantastic hotels. They've all got amazing pools and are great whichever you choose to stay in. The deluxe hotels tend to be nearer to the park, so you don't have to travel quite so far. Um, but because the Disney kind of area is quite big. Even the deluxe hotels, you're not going to be close to all of them. And there's only a few that are in walking distance. So staying off site, you're going to, as I say, you're going to have those 30 day out time frame to book your fast pass. It could be cheaper. It's generally cheaper to stay off site. Better for bigger parties. If you um, don't want to all be in one room, um, you could get a villa or you might be able to get a part hotel. So you've got a small kitchenette, which has the added bonus of being able to cook outside of the um, expensive park restaurants. If you're staying off site, generally, you'll probably need a car. Some hotels obviously offer free shuttles, but that would obviously vary per hotel. And you do have to pay for parking in the parks, which is around, I believe, $25 a day. So you'll want to fax that in. So now you've got your hotel booked and you've obviously booked your flights. Now, I do recommend to use Google Flights if you're booking your flights. You just go into Google, type it, literally type in Google Flights and it will bring up a calendar. And you can actually see once you put in your details for where you're going, where you want to fly from and to and how many passengers, it will actually show you the cheapest day to travel, which is of huge benefit. You know, sometimes it's a couple of hundred pounds more, whether you fly on a Tuesday or a Monday of the same week. So that's really worth looking into. So once you've got your hotel and your flights, then you want to think about which parks you're going to want to go to on which day. Now, the other thing I haven't spoken about as well is a split stay, which I highly recommend if you're wanting to go to Universal and utilise all of the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So a lot of people recommend that you go and you stay at Universal first for the first part of your holiday. And the benefits to staying in a Universal hotel are that if you choose a deluxe Universal Hotel, you actually get uh, Universal's version of Fast Passes, their Express Passes, you get those included in the price. So it's worth looking into that cost because obviously with the Express Pass, as opposed to Disney where you, you can only book three Fast Passes per day, with Universal, with your Express Pass, you can actually ride any ride straight away so you just go straight into that kind of fast pass queue you don't have to wait so long in standby so that's an obvious you know amazing benefit especially if you're going in the busier times in the summer and over easter for example also some of the deluxe universal hotels you can get a boat straight to the parks or even walk to both of the the main parks for universal you would then if you were doing a split stay you could then get an, a lift or an uber to if you didn't have a car of course to go from your universal hotel to your disney hotel there are also ways of doing transfers as well through your travel agent so now you need to think about which parks you want to go to on which day because at 180 days out, you're actually able to book your dining reservations. Now, that also brings me on to free dining. So at certain points of the year, you are able to get free dining for the following year. 
This often comes out in April for booking for the following year. Now, I'm just going to add in here that, of course, at the moment with the corona pandemic, there is much speculation over whether Disney will offer any kind of free dining packages when it opens up again. You'll just have to keep an eye out on the Disney blogs and on social media for any updates on this, as it's all unknown at the moment. It was also announced shortly before launching this episode that all Disney World dining reservations and dining experience bookings have been cancelled, including dining plans included in packages due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Instead of the usual 180 days out booking period, it's been announced that guests won't be able to make reservations until 60 days out. This, of course, is moving every day, so please do check if you're planning during the summer of 2020 or close to it to make sure that you get the correct information. I really recommend disneyfoodblog.com for the latest news, which I will link to in the show notes below. Certain dates and certain hotels, this is all on Disney property. It's not guaranteed every year, but I think they've done it for the last around six years. Um, That could be wrong, but it's definitely worth thinking about because that free dining can be, be a massive benefit one thing that needs to be thought about with that is if you're doing lots of character dining where you you know you eat with the characters if you can get this free dining it's going to be such a huge benefit because that's all included and depending on which hotel tier you're staying in depends on what kind of dining package you get you can actually buy that package but you can only buy it if you're staying in a Disney hotel and you only get the free dining if you're staying in a Disney hotel. So as I say you need to think about what parks you want to go to so that when your dining reservations open up whether you've got free dining or not you can book them it doesn't matter you don't even need your tickets you can book them you need to decide which parks you want to go to on which day so that you can choose where you're going to utilize those uh, dining reservations. Then at your 180 days out, you can go on, you can log into My Disney Experience, which you can get it as an app, or you can also do it through the Disney website. And you go on there and you just book your dining reservations. Now, you need to be quite hot on this when it comes out because people are hugely organized now when it comes to Florida and Disney planning, and they go quite quickly. The the top kind of restaurants go quickly like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest will go quite quickly so you need to get in there. Choosing which parks to go to on which day might sound a bit crazy to have to book that so far in advance. There are various crowd calendars online that will help you to figure that out. So you know Animal Kingdom might be busier on a Saturday than it is on a Wednesday and if you can choose to have a day off from the parks on a Saturday that might benefit you more. It's it's really worth looking at those calendars to figure out which day is best to go. Now when it comes to your Disney tickets if you're booking through a travel agent and if you're going for that free dining it's often that you have to have the Disney tickets included so that will all be sorted out. Otherwise, you can get a general ticket that will do all the kind of big hitting parks or your Disney parks or your Universal, sometimes SeaWorld as well. And there's various sites online. Um, that's, they're quite easy to find if you Google. When going to Universal, most people want to go to Universal for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And it's worth noting that you're going to need the Park Hopper ticket for the Hogwarts Express. This is a real steam train that goes between 
the two parks and it's a ride in itself. It's an attraction in itself and you're not going to want to miss that. So make sure you have the park hopper option within that. Now, when you're booking your Disney fast passes, there's so many different ways of booking these. You're going to want to go for the hard to get rides. So for example, at Animal Kingdom, you're going to want to go for Everest or for Flight of Passage. There's lots of different ways you can look at which are the hard to get fast passes. And I highly, highly recommend Insider Hacks. I will put the link to this within the show notes so that you can have a look. It's a kind of system where she talks through the best way to utilize your fast passes and really get the most out of those fast passes because after the first initial three fast passes that you're able to book in advance, you can then get an extra one, one by one, and there's no limit. Ali actually talks you through how to do this, how to utilize this the best way, the best strategies. It's really, really recommended. And it's not very expensive to get a huge amount of knowledge and an amazing Facebook group to help you through that too. The other thing that I really recommend when it's coming to planning your Florida trip is the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with kids. Um, Obviously, that's specifically for kids. There's one without that's just unofficial guide to Walt Disney World. It also has Universal and SeaWorld sections within that too. So it's got a huge amount of information. It's got touring plans that you can cut out the back as well. And just going back to the dining plan, when you're thinking about that, there's also various tools to see if it's worth paying for or not online. There's dining plan um, calculators that you can find. And basically what happens with the dining plan is you get credits towards your meals. You get either quick service meals or you get table service meals. And with the table service meals, you get credits and each restaurant has a different amount of credits for each meal. So Cinderella's Royal Table, which is the harder to get one, the evening meal, for example, is two credits. So each person might get one on the the regular Disney dining plan. You get one quick service credit, one table service credit and two snacks per day per person. So you're going to need to kind of plan where you're going to want to eat. Um, but it's worth noting as well that some snacks are actually, you know, meals in themselves as they're so big. Um, you know, you might get chips with pulled pork on top. You know, it's a whole meal in itself. So it's definitely, you know, easy to do, especially with the American food sizes. The other thing you need to think about is that with, with the dining plan, you still have to pay for tips on top. And this is around 20 to 30 percent and is not included on the free dining plan or the other dining plan if you pay in advance. So that's definitely worth, you know, working that out and figuring that into your budget. Now, I've said about planning and it is really important in my view to plan, but you don't have to plan. With Universal, you generally don't have to plan at all. You can just rock up. You don't need to book dining reservations. It's a lot easier going. With Disney, I do recommend it because it's so busy and there's so many other people planning that you could rock up and see if there's any dining reservations and it's definitely possible to get them the night before but you might be disappointed, especially with the hard to get reservations and the fast passes too. You might find it's very unlikely that you'll get the hard to get fast passes on the day, especially if you don't have that insider hacks. So it's worth looking at which days have the heavy crowds, etc., and choosing which day at which park in advance. Now, when you're booking your dining in advance, 180 days out, 
you are going to want to get online at 12 p.m. And this is the same for your fast passes. You're going to make, need to make sure you're all linked up and ready to go at 12. There are some dining reservations that are actually pa- dining packages. You may have to call them to make sure that that's all linked. The packages mean that you can get reserved seating for some of the fireworks shows, etc. And are really good value because they still only count as one credit within your dining plan. And they, you know, you just get reserved seating for the shows, which obviously is an added benefit and means you don't have to use one of your fast passes. The other thing you can do as well is a week before you can actually put in a room request if you're staying on a Disney property. There are websites that show you the plan of the resorts. And you can see actually which building is closest to the bus stops or the restaurants within your resort. So that's worth doing. And you do that around a week out. And the Insider Hacks really helps you with that too. Now, of course, you don't have to just do Disney and Universal when you're going to Florida. There are other places you can visit. You know, there's SeaWorld, there's Discovery Cove, there's all the water parks and there's Kennedy Space Center. Now, uh, Kennedy Space Center isn't too far and you can get get transfers if you don't have a car. There's different packages you, you can get within that and you can book directly with them on the site or through a third party. And you can actually do a really cool dine with an astronaut within that as well, where you you go and you have a buffet meal and you speak to an astronaut who comes to your table. There's different things that you can do with SeaWorld and Discovery Cove as well. So it's worth looking into all the different options, thinking about the ages of your kids and where you really want to spend your time. So you're planning on a Disney World holiday? That's going to be amazing. But hang on, have you thought about how busy it gets? Are you okay with waiting in lines all day? I'm sorry, I just had to interrupt and tell you about this. This was a huge worry when I was planning my Disney Park days. Toddler in tow, there is no way I wanted to be waiting sometimes two to three hours for those big hitter rides. Yeah, there's fast pastas. But what if you don't get all the rides that you want, like Slinky Dog or Flight of Passage? Don't worry, I have found the perfect way to beat those blues. The Insider Strategy Guide with Line Hacks is the complete system that walks you through exactly how to master your park strategy. Get the fast passes you want and even how to secure that hard to get dining reservation. But you won't just get all that juicy info. Ali also gives you lists for all the best snacks, how to use the dining plan to get the best for your money and there's even an insider secret group so that you can ask as many questions as you want. Go to bitly.com forward slash get inside a guide that's b-i-t-l-y dot com forward slash get inside a guide or check the link in the show notes and get ready to tour the parks like a pro now i've got some packing ideas as well are really beneficial if you're going to Orlando and especially if you're doing theme parks. These are going to help you, you know, go through the parks with ease and stop any kind of mishaps. Just kind of help you to preempt any issues. So the first first thing I have which you may already know about are packing pods and these are a bit of a game changer. So they are kind of rectangular cubes like little bags, individual bags 
and you can put trousers in one, t-shirts in another, toiletries in another. And it just means that when you get to your resort or your hotel, you can just pick out each person's pods. It makes life so much easier and it's really great for the kids so they can pick out their own things from their different colours. The other thing I really recommend is you can get free water within both Universal and Disney. You just have to ask for it. Now, they do have fountains at Disney, but the water doesn't taste kind of as nice as if you get the iced water from the restaurants. It's all free. You just have to ask for it. They don't kind of advertise it, so you just have to go and ask. Um, But what you can bring with you is those small kind of squash bottles that you can add some squash into the water, which just means that you're not drinking pop and Coke and lemonade all day. Um, So that really helps with that. Now, when the parades come out, they're going to bring out all these glow toys and flashing bubble wands and things that are going to set you back about $25. Now, really good thing to stash away in your backpack are some glow toys and glow sticks. You can get them from the pound shop. When the toys, the expensive toys come around, you whip them out and the kids, you know, you can, you can stop having to spend that extra money, which is super helpful. The other thing I recommend as well is to pack some like small toys for the plane, little coloring books, etc. that are a surprise. The kids don't know about them. You can even wrap them up individually so that each hour or whenever they're getting restless you can pull out something new keep them quiet alongside this you can obviously bring as many snacks that can help breakfast on the go and for early starts especially for little ones just means that you can last longer until your breakfast reservation or if you're planning on getting to the parks early so that you can get to those hard to hit rides um, and be first in line the other thing you're going to want to bring is some Ziploc bags. Now, these are great for all kinds of things, you know, leftover snacks, leftover lunches. If you want to put them, anything that's going to keep, you can put it in those Ziploc bags. And they're even useful if you've got wet ponchos, you know, they can screw your wet ponchos up and chuck them in the Ziploc bag so it'd stop everything else getting wet. Which also leads me on to ponchos. You do not want to buy these in the park. They are really expensive in the park and they're super cheap on Amazon or I got mine in TK Maxx. So definitely get those ahead of time. And last but not least is a kind of a random one, but you cannot buy in any of the Disney parks or the Disney resorts, you cannot buy chewing gum. So if you're a gum chewer, you're going to want to buy this in the UK and take it across with you because you will not be able to buy it on site. Before we get to the end of this special episode, I would be remiss to not mention a podcast that helped me hugely with my planning. Please be sure to go and check out the Double Your WDW podcast by Julie Elster. She has so much Disney info, you won't regret subscribing to her. So I think that is everything for your planning. Hopefully that helps. I will put links in the show notes for some of the sites that I mentioned that I used, including the Insider Line Hacks and Dining Calculator, as well as the Double Your WDW podcast and the Amazon links to some of the packing items. If you have an interesting trip coming up, I would love to hear from you and I'd love to interview you after. Please do get in touch. You can catch me on contacttripreport at gmail.com. I'm going to be covering everything on this podcast, any kind of holiday, any kind of trip, 
whether it be families, whether you'd be going on your own, anything interesting, I want to hear about it and I want to speak to you so that we can find out exactly how you did it and exactly how it went. So please do send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. I'm hoping that you're going to love this podcast and I hope you're going to share this journey with me. On the next episode of Trip Report, I'm going to go through my February trip from beginning to end, including how I got on using the insider line hacks, crowd levels, and how all my plans worked out. You'll find out all the restaurants that we loved and how we toured the parks. I'm looking forward to sharing my trip report with you. Thanks so much for joining me on today's trip report episode. It means so much that you've chosen to spend your time listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would be so thankful if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review in iTunes, as it helps to grow the podcast and for the podcast to be seen to more people. Or if you know someone who also loves travel and would love to hear this episode, please do share it with them. You can get more information on my Instagram and Facebook page at Trip Report Podcast. You can email me at contacttripreport at gmail.com. You can also email me if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Until next time, travel well and travel safe.